Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal. These guys are good. Scary good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Lebuff, and joining me, as always, for this episode are Tim Kalinowski and Nick Martin. Uh, uh, the The league has changed over the weekend. Uh, a lot of a lot of drama. We'll we'll get into all that stuff and how it kind of affects betting. Um, but we're going to start as usual with these bigger slates with their favorite underdogs. You two are kind of in agreement here, but uh, Tim, you're going to lead the discussion. The Ducks and the Habs are playing in Montreal. Anaheim is a plus 120 underdog. Montreal laying minus 142, a total of six. Uh, take it away. Yeah, this this is not the total coward's way out because I am betting dogs. I just, um, you know, you guys were leading the charge on on the best dogs. And um, Nick, you logged uh, the Ducks at, on open on uh, on Monday and they're playing at, at the Habs here. The line is just, you know, I think it's saying that the Canadians are much better, and I uh, just that's just flat out not the case. They're, they're not they're not much better. They don't. I don't even know if they are better at all. Um, this is the complete bottom tier of the NHL, no doubt about it. And these teams are pretty damn close to one another. All of these uh, sort of bottom feeders, Montreal. We we know the story with them. They kind of hang on for dear life. And I look at this Ducks team that just is. You know, they're not going to totally be overmatched like they are in a lot of the games they play. We get them at a, a plus money price here. That's probably what I imagine you saw, Nick. You've been um, you've uh, kind of let the Canadians have it um, this season. So, um, you know, I was not totally shocked to see you on the Ducks. And, you know, it's very nice of you to let me to take the Ducks as my underdog, even though you were kind of leading the charge on it. Yeah, I think what we've seen from the Canadians, like their play has just been pretty horrid and you look at it like I think the eye test would tell you that a lot of these games they've been outplayed heavily and that they like a couple of them I thought they kind of lucked into early leads like the Caps game they the Caps completely weren't ready to go and they get the early lead and then they just get caved in same story versus the Islanders I thought where it was like they kind of managed to to hide what was a pretty awful game by some early chances and then I wasn't really like surprised at all to see them get found out by the Blues on Sunday when Jake Allen finally plays bad. And I, I think really when what it comes down to is no team is defending as bad as the Canadians right now. I think Sam Montembeau has pretty much just entirely hidden that fact. If you look at the expected goals against since the start of 2024, they're allowing 4.17 goals against and they're averaging past 36 shots on shots against per game. So this is, I think the eye test agrees with it. The numbers show that they're a horrible def- defensive team right now. The roster composition doesn't really make it much of a surprise either. They did get Newhook back and they've already been playing him a ton. Um, but for me, I just look at this Montreal team right now and think that they are 
their bat. I don't really see outside of the Montembeau edge, which is significant, how they're this big of a favorite. And then to look at the Ducks side of things, if you look at their last five games, they beat the Sabres, uh, overtime loss to the Stars, beat the Wild, overtime win over the Sharks, and then they played competitive versus the Oilers on Friday. So for me, they're making a pretty reasonable case that they're playing more or less not bad hockey. I think they're playing better hockey than the Canadians right now. So I thought this price was pretty surprising. I don't really see how the Canadians are a favorite over anyone at this point. And I continue to think just the way that they've managed to get points has helped hide a really middling process. Minus 42 goal differential for the Canadians. Um, and that's with goaltending that is, if anything, unsustainable. So, yeah, I think these teams are a lot more competitive than this price suggests. Yeah, I'll, I'll just echo all the stats. I like the Ducks uh, plus 120. Uh, my favorite underdog, I'll go with the uh columbus blue jackets they're plus 160 against one of the teams of the league right now a team that we'll be rooting for this entire month uh let's see ottawa senators uh they're laying minus 190 in a total here six and a half i just think it comes down to one simple handicapping bit of logic here which is that ottawa as well as they've started to show and the five on five numbers are good and they're getting wins you cannot trust them to make them this big of a favorite against a team that like i mean you look at the overall numbers just points wise, right? Like surface level stuff. Right on run on pace with Columbus and a, and a Columbus team that for whatever you want to say about them, they they do show up. They they are pesky. Uh and with Ottawa's goaltending, you know, we've seen some some sparks out of it uh of late, but for the whole season it's just been an unmitigated disaster. So when you're putting together a team that is uh prone to making some big mistakes, playing pretty loose, not really knowing how to manage moments. You throw in some uh, goaltending smoke there too. You have a, a pretty good recipe here for a team to be overrated. I, I do generally think the Senators are going well. It's just this this number is uh, too big for me, Tim. Yeah, I, I see where you're going here. Um, I'm like lukewarm on it. I would say that if we didn't have our, you know, rooting interest in Ottawa for the month of February, um, you know, before uh, Nick uh, did his double check on the math and uh, the games played, but but still, I mean, I I'm also rooting for him because it's kind of a fun story watching uh, the turnaround and them kind of this good team that's fun to watch or at least from a roster standpoint be relevant. I think what my uh, concern would be um, is that Columbus is you know goal differential minus thirty eight. Ottawa's minus 10. Like I, I would, I'm, I'm with you in that they're kind of closer than this number indicates, but then you look at just that from a, you know, that's not even that, not a lot of math going on there. And that says the Ottawa's would be a, a much better team, but the best point I think to uh, Ottawa here is big letdown spot, right? Uh, Saturday night, hockey night in Canada. We all know a lot of shenanigans went on, but a big win over the Maple Leafs battle of um, Ontario. And now you, you come in with the blue jackets like this team has not shown that they can uh, that you can trust them. And this is a spot, right, that it would be totally playing into the cards of, yeah, that's why we can't trust them, because they're going to go lay an egg to Columbus. Yeah, and I'll go. So my the other underdog pick that I like here, um, the the Blackhawks are two plus two forty five at the time of recording. If you can get that, I would play it. It's ugly. But I still, I'm not entirely sold on the Canucks. And I actually think the Hawks have done a lot of things well. They've been competing uh, more or less every night they were pretty full value versus the Rangers really especially when you consider the ridiculousness of the Rangers one go-ahead goal where uh, 
was it Vlasic yeah, someone, someone blew a skate blade yeah outside of that they did pretty good to claw back and they've been in every game you look at the Canucks side of things they got outplayed pretty heavily by Washington I thought the numbers agree they were down by more than a, a one expected goal gave up five more high danger chances they were kind of full value to all the reasons why people don't think they're like a full-blown wagon to win the cup um so plus 245 pretty huge number Chicago continues to just they can't score but they can compete and every game they've been in recently so I think they're going to kind of surprise and make this one competitive too so yeah I want to bite on that huge price tag and uh another thing about Chicago well two things um one short term is Peter Morazic has been good for them um the numbers show that out too uh he's the type of goalie that just on on his day is almost unbeatable with his weird uh, unorthodox style of play uh, like you said they're 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 competing and making everything tough for whoever they're playing um on a night-to-night basis been a long road trip for for the canucks as well um yeah the price just seems too high here and and the one other note i want to make about chicago is um uh, even if they they do lose this one or and, and continue to just like nosedive when bedard does come back which is probably in, by the end of this month or or sooner they're, I think they're going to be a buy, especially when when numbers get like this, because the the rest of the the team looks much more competent um, than it did right before he went down when it was like a train wreck. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm on board with this one, Tim. What do you think? Yeah, they're the biggest hold your nose play. Um, it seems like all the time, but they, as Nick and I talked about a couple of weeks ago, they cover like the effort spread every every game. It seems like they're just you know, in credit to their goaltending, like you said, they just get shelled, but they somehow, um, you know, make the most of their opportunities and, and kind of, I think they've taken advantage of uh, teams kind of trying to come in and sleepwalk or, or maybe think it's point night. And then all of a sudden they're, they're surprised. And, you know, Vancouver, if they fit into the category of, like we said, not just a, not a complete bonafide contender, like they're still, this is the first time um, they're going through things like this. And, the things like this is having the target on your back and being like a big favorite and being, you know, at the top of the league, like it's hard to go into a place like, you know, a, a bad team and make sure you take care of business. Like they've, they haven't had uh, a lot of experience doing that as, as opposed to a, the, you know, the top guns we've seen in the league um, for the last couple of years. So I don't mind it. I'll throw a half unit on it again. Hold your nose. They're a tough watch without Bedard, especially. And uh, yeah, they and played think- a, pretty tight game well that wasn't that long ago right that was right before the all-star break that that they played i think vancouver won two nothing yeah so and that was in vancouver so this oh yeah like you said like they three straight uh one goal losses um to pretty decent up opposition you know calgary minnesota wild and, and the rangers for the hawks so it does look like the the little things you want to look for when betting a dog at this price it does look like they're ticking those boxes yeah, and the thing with the Canucks is like it's not a knock to say that like I'm not saying they're not one of the league's top teams. Right now, if they keep going the way they're going, they're going to remind me so much of Boston from last year where all year we kind of said it like it's not that they're not a top team and it's not that they're like not deserving where they're at, but they also have clearly ran good in close games and eventually that does run out whether you get to the playoffs or not. And I'm not even necessarily saying like the Bruins were a fraud last year either. But eventually when you're just playing close hockey like this, it does turn. You're controlling less of the result than I think people think. And until it goes away from that, everyone just comes up with their own reasons as why something's happening. 
And I kind of think that's the Canucks right now. I think they're still kind of in that rhythm. So, yeah, let's see how it goes. I don't think it'll be fun, but I also don't <laughs> expect the the Canucks to skate them out of the building at all here. So, hey, long road trip, like you said, Leboff, and these were guys that um, basically had half their team playing the All Star game, so not yep. not much of a rest they they had. Uh, okay, let's look at the big board uh, next. We'll, st we'll start with the. Uh... The game in Western New York, the Sabres are plus 124, hosting the Kings. Los Angeles traveling in at minus 148, uh, low total here, five and a half, the only five and a half on the board for Tuesday night. Nick, you're looking to play the Kings. Um, do you think you'll get a number that is playable, though? Yeah, I would cut off right at the current minus 148 if you can get that. Right to right to minus one fifty, I would play, and then if you're getting over five and a half, I would actually play five and a half too. I don't know if there are too many out there, but five and a half seems way too low for me on a Sabers game. I think the Kings still have a lot of offensive upside, and that they've kind of been on the low end of things uh, on the offensive spectrum. And then one guy I want to watch in the prop market in this game, especially because I think the Kings are going to get theirs offensively, is Kevin Fiala. I thought he was. He played really well Saturday versus the Oilers, and it kind of seems like the vibe around the team for me with McClellan and kind of Doughty's comments. I kind of think he was one of the guys who wasn't liking the situation um, and that people kind of expect more out of, and I think his skill set kind of shows that his season had been disappointing, but it wouldn't be surprising for me to see him get on a heater here with uh, a new look. So, yeah, I like the Kings. I like Fiala. I think that... Uh, I'm not even that low on the Sabres, really. I'm not like that pumped that this that this is who the Kings match up against right now, but I still like a lot of what the Kings have going on. So, yeah, kind of Kings or pass, or maybe if you want to bet on kind of Kings specifically to get offense, I think that's why I like them here. Yeah, I'm a little um, I'm a little jealous that you got a better number than what it sits at right now. Um, I guess I would I would just ask you then, you know, do you like it still in the 140 range? You know. 140 for sure. I think I'd stop at minus 150. And then, um, yeah, like I said, if you're getting over five and a half, not too juiced, I would for sure play that. That seems a little surprising yeah, to me. And, and it's yeah, moved the to six already too. So like it's, I doubt that the five and a half will be out there, but it, do, it does kind of just show you that it was open there that, that I think that the Sabres offense is still weighing in on, on uh, how underwhelming it's been. Um, in this situation, plus like, you can't guarantee the Kings are going to give you good goaltending either. Um, and no. Owen Power, um, keep an eye on that one because he left practice today with an injury and he's getting imaging done. So that sounds like a a problem. Uh, as as poor as a lot of these players have been for the Sabres, it's not going well. Um, and he's so high variance, you want him playing yeah. the over, right? <laughs> like, offensively and defensively. But yeah, and the one thing for me is, like, I think it was just the most obvious to say that the Kings were trending at the low end of form offensively at the end of the McClellan era, and some of the word out of camp about what they were, like, trying to do to get that change kind of seemed like the exact opposite of what I think you should have been telling that team. Like, they were saying, let's simplify, let's do this, let's get the outside shots, let's get point shots, let's get tip-ins, let's get all that. And I think if you watch, that was kind of, to me, what felt like they were doing wrong. Like it felt like they weren't letting the offensive creativity shine through. And I think the way that they're underachieving their actual chances kind of showed that. So it'll be interesting to see how they get going in the coming weeks here. Okay. Uh, 
perhaps the the game of the night blues and maple leafs um for you know drama reasons uh st louis is plus 164 toronto will lay minus 198 uh, total here is six and a half i like the blues i think it's just that the number's too high i know st louis's underlying port like their statistical portfolio tells you that this current seven and one run and and even like the 15 seven and one run they're on 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 under uh their new coach drew bannister is not sustainable and i'm i'm not saying it is i will say that you know, when the blues were playing or, or racking up wins two seasons ago this is kind of how they did it right like they just were able to to win big moments be clinical and, and they got good goaltending uh it seems like that formula is, has has risen to the to the top again and it just comes down to Toronto is already a, an inconsistent team that that has mistakes in it, and now you're going to take 22 minutes of your number one defenseman out of the lineup for for a little bit here with Morgan Riley getting suspended. Um, it seems like a lot to ask for out of a team that is laying minus 198. Like if this number was where like more appropriate in my eyes, then I I wouldn't go near it because I think that you're going to get a, a good effort from the Leafs and and they have this reputation of a team that like when um the going gets tough like they they shell up and and don't win the next game but i think that's actually false like i think that they actually do respond well in terms of like getting results the next the next time out uh but you know that stuff still isn't enough for me to think that they should be minus 200 against a team that is getting wins and they're playing the, the lease will be without riley they that defense looks kind of suspect already and now it looks even more suspect uh, when you take him out of the lineup. So you're just going to ask, and and the formulas for the Leafs has, has been, can Matthews, Marner, and Nylander just provide enough scoring to to get them over the line? And and that's absolutely possible here. Um, but uh, I think it's still too much to ask out of a minus 198 favorite against a, an opponent on in, in decent form in terms of wins and losses here, Nick. Yeah, I'm indifferent. I think the price is fair. To me, people are still underrating the Leafs. Like they're 9-6-1 in 2024. Their 55% expected goals rating is fourth best. And it's funny for all the bad performances that they supposedly have. If you take out empty netters, they've lost by more than one once in this year. Which So it's like apparently this is a team that doesn't compete. None of the stats agree with that. So it, it does bug me a little. I'd hate to be a guy on that team who is one of the ones playing well because at some point it's just like, shut up. Like, I don't know what we can do. Um, and the Blues, I agree with you. Like, I think we have seen them do exactly this. They are among the league leaders in seam passes again this season. And I think that's one of the reasons that they're kind of outscoring expectations under Bannister. I like their top guys. I think they'll continue showing up. My beef with the Blues and where I think a decent play on this game could be the least to go over three and a half uh, that's at minus 108 right now is that I don't see what the blues are doing defensively where they should be overachieving in terms of like their goals against numbers so much. Like I think they're due to just kind of give up a lot more goals than they have. So I don't love the Leafs here. If I was to target them, I think it'd be with them getting to four goals. I think that's the way they'll need to win the game. Um, so that was, that, that's kind of the one look I like, like if you look at the blues, they're right at the bottom of the league in terms of, uh, the chances they're allowing over the last month. And I just question if their goaltender is going to be able to keep this up. I think they really are just kind of due for worse in terms of goals against. I like what a lot of what they're doing offensively. And I think that obviously gives them an avenue to win this one. But yeah, I think 
my favorite look on this one is the, getting the uh, Leafs over three and a half. I mean, so I, I worry about the Blues being a, a good enough, you know, the makeup for an underdog here because, you know, winning seven of eight and we know they're not like a great team. Like it seems like it's time to time to sell. And it's up to the market's telling you that they're not that good. Like they're, right, they're, right. They're this price. And, you know, the the one loss in the seven of eight is one nothing to the Blue Jackets. But then on the other hand, uh, four of those wins of the seven are by one goal, all four to three. Yep. So it's like, you know, I, I, I'll i ask you this, Nick. So you said the the Leafs, you know, team total over is a possible look. Does no Riley help or hurt that? Because oh, it for sure hurt that. Well, he's and, um, power play is a good puck mover like his. It definitely hurts that. But I think. You can live with it because I like the way that this spot sets up elsewise. And then I like the way they'll lean on their big guys if it is close. Like, I'm not expecting them to blow it out here. I just don't really view it as a game where the Leafs will win 3-2 very often. So I think, like, I'd rather target that number, especially, like, so the game's minus 200. So the only situation where you prefer that is if they win 3-1 or 3-2 or 3-0, right? Right. So getting like almost even money on them to go over three and a half just to me looks much more preferential because there is obviously the world where the Blues, they've been really potent in front of goal. So I'd rather just take that chance that, you know, you don't lose 5-4 or something like that. So that's kind of where I arrive at that look. But yeah, I would definitely say the, that Riley being out is a net loss for the over. I mean, they're going to yeah. have McCabe running the power play instead, yep. it looks like. So. And I don't mean that as like a, a stupid question because obviously Riley is, you know, offensively talented. I meant it in a sense that um, the Leafs have their decor has played well when called upon this year. Like they, like as a unit, you know, to a man, they've 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 been, you know, overachieving. I feel like in so I I was worried in terms of will they play a very kind of like defense try and play a more defensive style and and you know. Uh, not take as many chances and have like, you know, the weak side D join the rush, things like that. Like that, that's what I was kind of worried about. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And I think it's fair. I would, I definitely agree with it. For me, it's just versus the blues, the way they've been defending. I, I think you can live with it. Yeah. Get to three and empty netter, you know, like that's, that's, that's kind of sure that too. So yeah, I'll probably pass on this. I, I'm interested to see what the response is from the Leafs. I think that I'm trying to give them a lot of credit for, uh, you know, guys, guys like Benoit who uh, should be making, should be in for a big payday. Um, you know, they've they've kind of risen to the occasion pretty well here. Yeah, I mean, their results have been okay. They haven't been yeah. insane, but like I nine, think they played. They, they probably should be two and one since the break. Is like they played well enough to to be two and one. They won at two, and one of the losses was on Hockey Night in Canada, and it was a circus. So I think so many people are focusing on that, and the fact that the market isn't like even showing any of that is at least in the open is, is kind of telling you that uh, there, there is a gap between these two teams. I just don't trust Toronto as a big favorite at all. Um, and I like the blues upside. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take uh St. Louis. And and I also will say one other thing. Um, and, and Nick, you kind of sparked this thought in my head is it's not a bad game to sprinkle a hat trick bet on like Matthews or Nylander. So yeah, that might be the way to go. I could see Neil. I mean, I could see both and I yeah. definitely, that, that is like, I think it's going to be one of those things. I like the, I like the spot for the Leafs stars and feel like a response. And you look at the blues, they give a lot of space. They don't have a lot of good D men. Even the ones who kind of get credit for being good D men. Like I'd be interested to see it. I think maybe right now, one of the biggest difference between like common media and the stats and like even the eye test is Pareko because he 
is like we talked about guys who have a rep of being like irritating and physical and just defensive defensemen but he's one of those guys i think if you're like Nylander and matthews they're like yes let's go like <laughs> no also space out there tonight also do pat myself on the back with uh, my call on uh Nylander anytime um last week the the problem is i was in vegas and the start time of the game caught me off guard and so i forgot to bet it so that's that's probably why that one <laughs> ah, that's all right it happens to all of us it happens to all of us when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, Bolts and Bruins up next. Tampa, talking about a good response, like it was the Blue Jackets, but I actually thought that that was a, a pretty like just well-managed situation um, by the Bolts getting that win over the weekend after losing the back-to-back to the Rangers and Islanders, playing terribly against the Islanders, losing Sergeyev, um, and all that. So Tampa is plus 140 in Boston, Bruins minus 166, and a total of 6.5 here. Uh, Tim, you're, uh, you're going to make another... Uh, play on the bees here it looks like and i don't know i'm a little surprised i don't i don't think that there's a playable number here i i have no feel for either one of these teams from a betting perspective uh, i feel like so um i'm I'm happy to hear it um well i'm kind of trying to ride the wave again of um i was on them against vancouver after the dud against calgary and i'm gonna go try the same exact thing they they at, laid an absolute egg against the capitals on saturday and you know They've just been getting it fed to them by Montgomery. They, this is where I think the Bruins are, you know, the veteran team or the you know team that's kind of seen a lot of success helps, and that they they're going to bounce back. I also, I think the Leafs are in a, or excuse me, the, the Lightning are in a really tough spot with the Sergachev thing. This was a team that was already thin, and they're just thinner. Like it, it's, I think it's a bad bad matchup for for Tampa Bay in terms of getting a Bruins team that's really pissed off and. A lightning team that's losing some depth. I, I, it's that simple for me. I, I think the Bruins are, are due for a really good response. They they did it um, against Vancouver. Lay another egg. I'm kind of like nice. Now I I kind of I'm like, am I getting a feel for the Bruins? So um, it's just fun to yeah. bet on them. We we talk about this on right. on Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast, because uh, Anthony Debundo has, has been betting on Bayern Munich um, mm-hmm. like more often than not the past few weeks, and he's like, it's so much more fun just to bet on the good teams. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm, I'm excited to like finally be able to bet them. So I, I saw success against Vancouver and I'm like, Hey, that kind of sets up again. I didn't touch the Capitals game. I'm like, well, um, finally I get to bet the Bruins. I literally lost so much money fading them last year that I'm, uh, you know, I guess I'm trying to make up for it. Yeah. To me, this one looked fair. Just the one quick note I'd put out there that I think is a little interesting around Tampa. Cause I've seen people really, really writing them off because of it is the Sergachev thing. He really hadn't been good this year. And he hadn't played. We, he hadn't played in like he hadn't played and he hadn't been good when he was there. And obviously they're not happy to have him out of the lineup and they believed he would have turned it around. But just talking, if you're gonna like compare their, you know, results this season on like kind of a one-to-one level, it's not like he's been there or been playing great. So I think that is just kind of the one relevant thing. But I yeah, I thought the prices looked fair here. And you're and you're right, Nick. That's definitely the the right thing to say. I just even 
it was the kind of for me the hope of like he'll turn it around. Now it's like he's not even here, and that's that. It's like almost like cluster injuries in in, in football or something. Like it's just this team is. If I look at them almost like the Devils. Like they could be the Devils if they didn't have Vasilevsky in terms of just it's just been too thin. Yeah, and I wouldn't like. I'm not saying I disagree with the Bruins here either. Like I think it's more or less a pretty reasonable number when we say that, see the way they usually go at home. I just kind of passed over it on on this slate. I think yeah. it wasn't quite there. Okay. Uh, let's head to the island uh, where the schedule makers have done it again. Another brutal spot for the Islanders as they got to welcome in a team on a back-to-back after they play the Devils on Monday night. Uh, the Seattle Kraken are plus 124. We are recording this before Seattle plays New Jersey at the Rock. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Isles minus 148 at the time of recording. A total here of six. The Islanders played a Pretty woeful game. Definitely, they're they're worse since the the Wa uh, takeover uh, against the Flames. Um, their top guys, I think, were still going, and and I'm gonna talk more about that in the best bet segment uh, later on in the show. But I I do generally think uh, we're all in agreement here. Uh, but I want to seed uh, the floor so people don't accuse me of of seeing things through blue and orange glasses, which I don't do. Uh, I just I'm reacting to the schedule makers, just once again shelling the Islanders here. Nick. Yeah. I just froze a little bit thinking about your Islanders, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, it, I feel like we've lost on this spot. I mean, I guess the Tampa game worked out. So good they've for been that, terrible but... all season. They've been terrible all season against teams on the second leg of back-to-backs. I think I, it's three it... and nine or something. And I bite every time. Yeah. But yeah. This open minus 148. I think especially if Decord plays tonight in New Jersey, I don't really see how it's not going to close like minus 170. I think that the Islanders, there would be a pretty big favorite here. I think they'll have a clear goaltending edge if it if they're getting in there against Grubauer. Um, the enthusiasm I, in your voice is is it's it's just coming through here. Yeah, there's just been so damn many of these, but that and and that Saturday game really was a shock <laughs> because it, I was they like, were bad. oh wow, and they were bad, and and it was funny because the the that one actually moved against us, and I was like, really? And then the yeah, that was Barlamov was starting, so you know there's some. Some chicanery at play there. Um, yeah, uh, but to me, the number just looks wrong. So I'm trying not to bite on these spots as much, just where like I know it, I think it's going to close like at like minus 170, but it's just, it feels right. I think the Islanders can definitely take advantage of a Kraken team that really hasn't had a lot of offensive upside this year here. And if they can just get a few past Grubauer, you got to expect a big response from the Islanders. So yeah, I you know, kind of begrudgingly think it has to be done. What would you play it to? I would say let's go, I think, minus 155. Actually, no, you know what? Let's minus 160 with Grubauer in, I'd say, okay. is the right spot. Tim? Here's why, okay? Here's why we continue to bite on these. If you remember, we were all on the aisles um, back in November when they played the Kraken and tragically lost in a shootout. It was the, I think, you know, all of us are up late at night, not Nick, but Leboff and I were blowing up the group message, Leboff, I hate your team. Why do they do this? Uh, you know, uh, screw these guys. So now we get a rematch. And why I, I like the Islanders, you know, in this spot, one, the Seattle back-to-back. But in that loss to the Kraken back in November, Matt Barzell played 14 minutes. He's not playing 14 minutes on Tuesday night, right? So... That is the difference, and that is why they they should 
when this version of a regular season game against Seattle is they're actually going to play the best players. Yeah, and uh, the reason that he played 14 minutes in that game was because they were winning. They were winning in that game, and then they blew a lead. So that when when with Lane Lambert, once the Islanders got ahead, it meant time all the good players had to sit. Um, Clutterbuck, yeah. 10 minutes in that game. In, in what world should those guys like be within four minutes of each other? That's so good. So good. Um, yeah, that, that game was tough. Uh, try not to think about it, but, uh, yeah, we're all on the Islanders. So what could go wrong? I'll be there. Um, I tried to get my brother to go instead of me, but, um, couldn't. So I have to go back on uh, Tuesday night, uh, devils and preds. This one, this has got to be one of the weirder back-to-backs that you'll see all season. Um, it didn't compute in my head at all. I just was like, oh, maybe the devils are playing the Kraken on Sunday. But no, they're playing the, the Kraken at home on Monday. And I know that traveling from New Jersey to Nashville is not like crazy. And they're in Newark already. So it's not a big deal to get to the airport. So it's, you know, three hours door to door, I'm sure. But still, it's a, a little strange. They're going across a time zone and you rarely see that on back to backs. Um, And they are, it's basically a pick them. Devils minus 105, Preds minus 115. A total of six. It does beg the question of, Will the strangeness of this back-to-back get maybe overplayed here as people start to think about it and bet the Preds? I've got I I'm having a tough time. Like I'm not going to force a play with this one. Nico Dawes is playing Monday night for the Devils, so that means we'll get Vanacek, which you you'd assume should be the better option of the two. But who knows with the way these Devils are going, and it's going to be a goaltending mismatch uh, regardless. So I yeah, it's just a. I don't know, Nick. This is a one of the kind of trickier handicaps to to make in, a, in quite a while here because there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't make sense about this matchup. Yeah, I I liked the over. I didn't really see how this opened at six at all. I feel like odds makers are kind of forgetting the way the Preds are playing, which is not like we've seen the Predators play at all. They're much more an offensive uh, powerhouse kind of team, aside from the fact that. Um, they get pretty good goaltending, but their better strength this year has really just been their ability to create chances, and that's kind of held true over the last month. They're in the top 10 in terms of uh, high danger chances for. So I think that's kind of being forgotten about, that that's their strength and that they're better, like their bigger weakness right now is their defensive play. So I think the way that matches up versus the Devils and the way the Devils need to win games right now with their horrid goaltending. And it, Vanacek's ill tonight, and he's apparently injured too, which I don't really think matters because if he doesn't play, it'll just be Schmied, right? So same difference. <laughs> I feel like you really don't know what you're going to get. If anything, the Devils fans would probably say they'd prefer Schmied plays. But um, I just thought this this opening total of six was way too low. I think this uh, any Devils matchup should be six and a half, and the Predators are actually a higher event team than average. So for me, that was my look. I'm kind of leaning towards the Devils too. Like I'm interested to see where the number gets to. If it if it gets to around plus one ten, kind of given like starting goaltending announcements, then I'd probably bite on the Devils here. The Devils are. I mean, it, what a bizarre team this is. Two things, uh, you know, they are six points out the wild card, the second wild card spot. They have a game in hand on Detroit, uh, two games in hand on the Islanders. And um, Elliot Friedman today, he was like, he was talking and he kind of just cavalierly said, 
it, New Jersey's out. They're not making it. I just was kind of like, you know, re really? You're going to make that declaration? <laughs> I, I didn't think that they were, like, I think they're very much in it. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. I, at all. You're not crazy at all. Fridge could go and bet uh, the devils not to make it at a pretty respectable number. So, yeah. You know. Right. So, you know, that kind of had me being like, are they, did they, did something happen that they're completely done here? Um, and speaking of something happening, you guys notice that Jack Hughes is playing wing since he's come back, which is really weird. Um, is that, it's, I wonder if it's, it's the Barzell thing? effect. It's the Barzell effect. Everyone's trying to copy Barzell. Yeah, right. Isn't that, isn't that a little bizarre? So, um, and it, it doesn't appear to be working. I mean, he was dashed. It, I wonder if it's like, they're trying to avoid him on face-offs with. Yeah. He hasn't taken Sometimes that is it. Yeah. And I mean, rough. Yeah. It's been very debatable this year so who knows what he's seeing that like he wants to do that over but it does feel weird to have a guy like that who can just flow through the ice and be like let's stick him on the wing he's so um, good in the middle I, I was like am i missing something and i i searched it a million times um jack hughes not playing center well someone write about it please someone write about it i, I want to read i want to support journalism someone tell me what's going on um but yes that's that's I don't really know if there'll be answers tim there's been a lot of people questioning why holtz gets no minutes when all he does is score um i, I, I don't know i think it just it, might be one of those things the coaches are not they have their reasons but they don't really want to consider some of the other factors well, regardless, what it's telling us is he's probably still pretty injured, right? If they're, especially he's not taking draws. And I think it was Toffoli got destroyed on draws um, the other night. So it's, it's certainly, regardless of what we're arguing over, what, what if he should be playing center or not, I think the indication is that he's not fully full strength. So I think that kind of goes into the math here in um, this Nashville game. And I would say this is the thing I want to see them play Seattle on Monday night, see what it looks like, because they are um, it, every, it seems like every week we do the same thing. Is New Jersey going to come back? Is New Jersey going to figure it out? Um, they have to take care, care of business against an inferior cracking opponent, but they, there's no, um, you know, we're, we're, we're scratching our head wondering if they will. We, I feel like there's equal chance either way. Yeah. And this is a huge week for, the Devils have got four games, if you look, and uh, the Flyers one on Saturday is massive, and they could easily go three and one in these games. I mean, the Kings is a tough one, but still at home, um, and yeah, that'll probably kind of de determine the way the rest of the year goes in the trade deadline. I should have noted during that Islanders segment that Nick did was uh, that's their only game between now and uh, the stadium series on Sunday is Tuesday against the Kraken. Weird. Hurricanes and Stars, uh, you know, I, I called the Blues and Leafs tongue-in-cheek the game of the night, but if you're just looking for a uh, two heavyweights going at it, it's it's this one. Uh, Canes are even money. Underdogs in Dallas, the Stars minus 120. Uh, total here of six and a half. Carolina coming off of a, a shutout win of the Devils, so in that one goes to overtime. So the Devils finally get like a really strong goaltending performance, and Jesus, um, that's just how it's been going for them. And the stars are, I don't know, they've been uneven, I think is probably fair to say of late. Um, seven, two, and one in their last 10. So that sounds good. But they they had that kind of, I, I would call it a rickety performance against Toronto after a lucky win against Buffalo. So I don't think that the numbers are, like the process is as good as maybe the, the wins losses tell you, but they're still, a, a, you know, one of the, the, the best teams in this entire competition. So, 
this this number looks right. I think that if you were to ask me, you know, who should be favored on neutral ice between these two teams, I'd say Carolina negligibly, and and that's what we're getting here. So, uh, nothing for me here, Nick. Yeah, I had nothing here either. I still think the Stars are plus thirteen hundred on DraftKings to win the Cup. I still think that's playable. I think we talked even more about how like the Hurricanes as a true Cup favorite on just the merit of like you look at what they are they haven't even had Svechnikov and the way Natchez is going now like I think their offense way higher than people are thinking could be more so than any other year under Rod so I like the Canes I like the Stars and like you said I think that's why I just view this as like a complete kind of fair game I think the Kings have had a slightly better process overall recently but Edinger has played two good games in a row here. And I think that's got to open some eyes given kind of what you would have expected from him all year long. And that's kind of the main handicap for me in thinking that the stars are actually the most well-rounded team out of those, that trio at the top of the central. I, I think they've kind of got the best balance of like some top end talents, but a lot of under the hood guys that are kind of quality. And then you look at Thomas Harley too. Oh, like he is, playing incredibly well right now like he i don't think you can you got to keep your eye on where he's at in the prop market here like he put up eight shots versus montreal and granted that's the best target in the league but since he's gotten up with heiskanen that unit is going off every night so i think if you can get three shots at plus 120 that would be moving the number a fair bit from where it has been i would play that as well yeah i said lean dallas here just because i think I expect them to have a um, goalie advantage with Ottinger. I know he kind of dipped for a little bit, but I think um, I think that's where I actually get to leave off the stars being a favorite on neutral ice. I just trust their goaltending a little more. But, um, you know, I guess I'm scared to play it because we've seen Ottinger. Uh, he dipped a little bit there. So I'm that's, that's kind of why it's not enough for me to go play it. But I would say my gut reaction would be stars should have a goalie advantage. Yeah, it still feels like the Stars are a tiny bit under the radar, I think. Yeah, that's Maybe it's just me, but like they can win this game yeah. in hand they have with the Canucks and get four points out. I just can't wait to see who they, they get at the, the trade deadline because every year it's just a different version of the same player and I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who it's going to be this year. Well, I think this year is different because up front you can say they don't need anyone which oh, but seems they'll get someone crazy, they're but... gonna get like a perfectly fine third line forward because that's what they do like that's just what yeah but you, Connor could, Sherry. you have they, yeah, you exactly have Connor Sherry is a perfect name for them but like Stan Coven's just definitely better than Sherry yeah now. but I think cares? it seems like this crazy, is what the, but... it's just what they need to do like to fulfill their, I think they just need destiny. to bring in a D-man there's one more yeah, they're in on Tanev they're play D-man yeah, yeah Tanev would be great and then yeah. they're pretty set yep type. I don't think that they need um, any help up front? I just like they need to do it just to make me happy. Like go get, go get like Jason Zucker, Carl like, Haglin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get the guy that get the guy that we could say after they won like the first round four two. Like ooh, yeah, man, that guy. That guy was a difference. You know, he didn't. He might not have scored all that much goal and assist in six games, but shrewd move by the Stars to get Connor Sherry. Um, Wings and uh, Oilers to wrap up before we get to best bets. Detroit. Uh, they are on a, a heater still, uh, come out with a, a big win over the Canucks on Saturday afternoon in a good spot in terms of the playoff race and still plus 170 in Edmonton against the Oilers. Uh, the Oiler minus 205 here, total of six and a half. It's going to the, the, the Red Wings are going to be pretty frustrating, I think, um, just generally down the stretch to, to kind of figure out like where their true level is because they're just getting 
they're doing so much. Uh, they're doing just enough in, in key areas, like every game to win. Um, they're finishing well. The goalkeeping has been terrific. Uh, Alex Lyon, especially like Alex Lyon had, um, what's his name? Derek Lalonde handed the keys to Alex Lyon earlier in the season. Like this Detroit team could be up closer to the Panthers than to Toronto and Tampa uh, with the way that he's gone. So I don't, I just don't know what their true level is at all. Um, this number is a little tempting considering like how they've been racking up results, Tim, but I'm, I'm kind of terrified to bet against the Oilers. So I'm, I'm just going to, uh, sit this one out. That's how I feel. Um, maybe I feel like the market could be a little too high on Edmonton, you know, in just terms of like any given night. Right. And I think that Detroit is no slouch, right. The, I think Lalone's such a good coach. I, I think he's, I think he's a, you know, re- really good. Um, I would put him in a, a high category if I was ranking NHL coaches. Yeah, I, exactly. You said Lee Buff. I'm just too afraid of Edmonton, but I really want to, play the Red Wings at a, at a big dog. I think we could at the end of the night be like, why didn't we play them as a big dog? Like they're, they're, they're pretty good. <laughs> this isn't, they're not Anaheim. You see a, a that big of a plus number. It's like, wait, is this Anaheim? Is this San right. Jose? Like, yep. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fair um, thing to say that the, the thing that's weird about this, this Red Wings team is like they're 10, two and two in their last 14. They've been outshot by a hundred. Oh, so I don't know. Nick. Yeah. That's uh, not good. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think the best comparable for the Wings is actually the St. Louis Blues. They're in that similar kind of boat where they can really be clinical in front of goal, but defensively, I think they're way, way worse than their recent results show. I can't see where they're defending a lot better than the underlying results state, and those results state that they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. So maybe they're a little better than that, but like you're talking about a team that's just really been ripping just because Alex Lyon. So I, I don't know if I buy into that. I think that my favorite play with the Oilers being as favored they are, as they are is the over. I like the over. I think that there's a lot of ways for that to get home. If anything, I know the underlying results are really, really good based like for the Oilers in terms of their defensive play the last uh, six weeks. But that's probably where I think there's more room for them to kind of come down to earth in a tougher schedule. Whereas I think offensively, it's obvious to say that they're just one of the best teams in the league. So something like 5-3 oil here would make a lot of sense to me. I think that's a pretty realistic scoreline. You can get Oilers and over 6.5 at plus 140, or you can just do the game total to go over 6.5 at minus 130, and I would play that to minus 140. I think those are both solid ways to attack this. And the other interesting thing about the Oilers, too, is like they've done all this with their power play not in good form. But <laughs> I also think like if... I don't think anyone's going to argue and saying like, there's no way that this power play isn't still one of the best in the league. It's just one of those ruts. And you looked at some of the plays they put together versus the Knights, like just snapping it around. And it was like, how on earth are they in a two for 30 or whatever it is? So I think offensively there's room to grow. And if anything, I think we'll kind of see them come down to earth a little bit in terms of their defensive form, even though the underlying numbers really are quite good, but I just feel like based off roster composition. So yeah, I think the the over here is a, a solid look and uh, yeah, that'd be my favorite way to attack it. Okay. Uh, we'll go on to best bets. Now there's one game we haven't talked about. That's because it's going to feature as uh, Tim's favorite bet on the board, avalanche of capitals capitals. Nick, you said the season's over last week after uh, they lost to, was it Montreal? I said uh, that I put them on on Stucky's corpse corpse watch, and what do they do? They go ahead and and rattle off a couple impressive 
results put themselves right back in the thick of things here. Look out. Here come the Caps. Um, they are a plus 140 underdog uh, at home to Colorado. Total of six. Alex Ovechkin is flying. Tim, what do you got? Yeah, Colorado. The um, I'm, I'm looking to uh, listen. This Colorado team, they've lost four in a row, but it's the Rangers, the Devils, the Hurricanes, and the Panthers. And I've said to you guys, the problem with Colorado is as much as I say with teams like the Islanders, go play your stars. The the Avalanche just they rely too much on their stars, and it can hurt them in the regular season in terms of three and fours back to backs. They can kind of just run out of gas, but they the Capitals should certainly have their attention on Tuesday night. Um, the concern is Nathan McKinnon, who um, left the game after uh, you know, a head first fall. He did not practice on Monday, but I was reading some reports that it sounds like he is going to be a go on Tuesday night. So that certainly helps them have a Nate dog in the lineup. Also um, for what it's worth, uh, same uh, avalanche writer said that they had their hardest practice of the year um, on Monday. So that, I mean, you know, you gotta you never lose after that. You never, you never lose. lose after that. But uh, in all seriousness, it seems like um you said it feels good to bet on the Bruins. Like it feels good to bet on the Avalanche in a price that has you know one sixty next to it against a, a totally inferior um, Capitals team. So yeah, it's simple as that for me. I think the Cap the Avalanche get back to their winning ways. I think as much as we could see that the Caps played really good on the weekend, that's still getting priced into this pretty pretty heavily. And I also think the Avs got found out last week. Like we talked about it. I don't think they're well-rounded enough at all to be viewed as like a true cup contender right now but uh, like obviously they're going to get some reinforcements but for the time being um i think when they go head to head with like a florida there it's just there's too many mismatches across the lineup for all those big guns to uh cover up same thing with carolina i think that showed as well but yeah this is just not the matchup for the that flaw to shine through because the caps like Maybe they'll win some of the minutes, but I also just feel like they're not well equipped to handle the McKinnon line at all. And if they don't really kind of find a way to score and take advantage of those other units, I don't really think it's going to matter. And I, I do think, yeah, obviously the spot's got the Avs' attention. So, yeah, it does look like a bit of a short price to me. I was kind of surprised. I feel like this will close like minus 180 right in that range um, and would have to kind of agree with Tim here, I think, even even though maybe the Caps are playing a little better than people expect. It just feels like really the Avalanche aren't getting any credit to be that priced versus them. Yeah, so I'll get the closing line value and obviously, you know, 40 cents a CLV, which means auto L. So yeah, take that with what you will. Yeah, I think the other note too is like, to me, this looks like one of those spots where I don't care as much that the Avs are on the road. They've been much worse on the road. They have a legitimate losing. They're 12 and 16 in terms of betting on the road. Um but I also think you can care less when you talk about like the spot, right? Like losing four in a row and this kind of a team in the middle of the central race. I feel like they can they can get up for it and they can figure out how to play on this on the road here. So don't mind that either if we're getting a bit of a better number because of that. Okay. Uh for me, um, won't get too much into it. Uh it's part of the Islanders game. I like Pierre Angval as an anytime goal scorer. He's got bumped up to play on the first line with Horvat and Barzell, and those those two guys are flying right now. Um, so they they were setting Anders Lee up on a silver platter the past couple of games and Lee just couldn't find it. So I think that if, if similar results happen with Angval, who I think has been playing better too, um, 
we'll get a decent number here on on a player who you know Lee's usually like plus 210 240ish like in that range to score depending where you look Angval's almost double the price uh most nights so uh, keep an eye on Pierre Engvall as an anytime goal scorer for the Islanders on Tuesday. Uh, and Nick, uh, your favorite bet. Yeah, I like that Engvall look. I uh, I tried to target Lee the other day too, just on the heels of him being the best price on a line that was dominating. So, Leboff, with, with a pen and pad, you could, probably, you could probably do the entire Islanders anytime goals. Um, the back of your hand, right? Like their odds. Oh, I wish. Yeah, I wish. Yeah, yeah, I, could write, no, I could absolutely write it out for you right now. <laughs> oh, and you know what? Too, uh, Fanduel has Mike Riley at plus sixteen hundred. Mike, like that. I know. I've been trying to tell you guys. There. Yeah, and he hit the post versus Toronto and had a ton of chances. He had a ton of chances all of last week. Um, it feels like that one's just waiting to break through. I get the chances aren't one to one when it's like a shooter like Mike Riley, but. He gets up there and he gets in the play a lot for a guy who's got that kind of a number. And he is he's also on the second power play unit. Um, so Mike turned me on to that and I've been upset that he did because it hasn't paid off. And then <laughs> I like watch it. I'm just like, this guy gets so, so many chances for someone who's plus 1600. I feel like all last week you could see, like you would never have guessed he was like the longest odds goal scorer in any of those games. So I don't know. Leboff is the best at that. Team. Turning you on to something that sounds good and never, never wins. No, never. It's never going to win. It's just, it's just, it's going to be a a terrible time. Um, and Nick, your your favorite bet is uh, the Ducks. Um, you, well, we went into the Ducks, but yeah, I like the Ducks, and I'll, I was going to make my my best bet. Uh, it looks like the numbers are moving quite a bit, but I think the Senators Blue Jackets over. I just think there's. So many ways that that can get there. The Sens are creating as many chances as anyone in the league right now. I think they can really uh, play to that strength versus the Blue Jackets. But like Mike said during his Blue Jackets case, you just you can't trust this team to defend, and you can't trust their goaltending. You have no idea what you're going to get. So to me, this just looks like one. I feel pretty confident both teams get to three, and this game gets over. Or I also think there's a chance that the Sens just really blow it up. I I do really kind of feel like they're playing quite well right now. So I like the over in that one. I think it'll be a chalky play, but I don't see how it's not a seven where uh, that Leafs total closed. All right, that does it. Uh, 11 games on the board uh, for Tuesday night. Hopefully we set you up well. Mike Riley, Pierre Engvall, hopefully they, they, they give us some momentum going into the rest of the week. For Tim and Nick, I'm Mike. Uh, thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, tip of the cap to Noah on the back end for all the hard work. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.